Thank you, Lord, for your presence here in every heart to which you breathe and you touch your hand is upon us. We have opportunity to know you better. We can draw from you wisdom and joy and freedom which you give us, you alone. And I pray that your wisdom be in my words. And if I was preparing not the things you wanted, take those things from me and put yours. Unlock those stone hearts, all the glories to you, all the praise. We bow before you through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, musicians. You may take places. Today, we have Mother's Day in Lithuania. And if you are watching us from Lithuania, we are sending you greetings. And all the mothers that are present here, we want to greet you because we are Lithuanians. Unfortunately, I didn't touch my children to greet their mother, my wife, but I expect I'll be forgiven. God has strange humor sense towards me. Those who know me, you remember that I am like a beaver, a little bit like golden retriever. I have those attributes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we had courses in our church where some animals uh, were given like examples to resemble human attitudes. So I have this habit to plan in advance. If my wife says somebody will come today, I get shock. I start breathe later because I am like this. And when I'm preparing myself for a sermon, it means the whole week I'm thinking, I'm writing down something. And at the end, I get lost because I don't know what to say. Most often on Saturdays, things become clear, but on Sunday mornings, I rewrite everything. Getting up at five, I sit, I pray and rewrite everything. And more fun we have when I come to preach on Sunday and half of what I wrote, I don't say. And every time when I go on stage, I have trembling ankles, even if I feel and I look brave. But every time God is playing jokes with me, but it's good as well, because in that case, I don't deliver what I have prepared. And this morning, I had the same thoughts that a lot of times people spoke about the same theme. I don't know why this theme arises, but I feel like I became 
very clever. I know all the answers. When I am preparing for the sermon, I Google certain truths. You can find explanations by theologians, whatever amount you want, whatever language you want. And all this puts a heavy load on our relationship with God. I will urge you to agree with me to take fast from social media, from this digital Bible, which is in the phone, and take that paper version, a book. Because I believe we are, we've been taken away, far away from the truth that God is calling us to. There is so much noise around us. But can you, are you able to go forward if you forget your basics? If you don't come to the place where he gives those answers, not Google, not books of the preachers, not sermons themselves, not courses, not um, common prayers, not group cells, but personal relationship. This is what brings us to the place where you should be today and will make your eyes focus on things where you, upon which you should focus. And maybe you live like this in deep relationship already. So I, I apologize for what I'm saying, but in my case and looking around me, I see that that wisdom which was collected during a, a lot of years following Jesus for me became like an obstacle. And I took the letter for Hebrews, Hebrew 11, verse 6, which says, um, yeah, I have put notes into my Bible, and when I lose those notes, I panic. But still, so the verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I don't know how you, but I was a believer since my early childhood. I was raised like a diligent Catholic, and I believed in God and did whatever God required from me as I understood. Praying was taught from prayer book, but Today I understand, during those years, early years, I knew that God is, but I never knew Him personally, because I see certain things in my life, which today, when you walk with Jesus in person, these things differ from what He wants me to have. And I meet people who say, I'm a believer, I believe that's somebody exists who created everything. It's not an accident that we are talking about these things with you now. I don't want to offend people who think differently that um, Earth and creation appeared because of the accident. I don't want to offend you, but you need different type of faith to know God as He is. So reading this verse, we can see that faith is emphasized and it's very important to believe. And a little bit later it says 
that faith is rewarded. Those are rewarded who earnestly seek Him. So what is that faith? So faith, when you an example of chair you would sit you wouldn't sit on chair if you have doubts the chair will keep you stable so our humility before in front of god uh, makes our faith grow so faith grows when you are in your closet with god alone when you can cry in front of him when you can rejoice and sit still and um keep silence if you don't have anything to say so without earnest search and listening and hearing i don't think we are able to have faith because there is nothing that supports it so we never comes closer to him i will read another verse which prophet Isaiah mentions in the 43rd chapter. He says that God found us. He says, um, but now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am your Lord. So the main point is God chose us. And if he is not calling us, we will not be able to find him. He chose us before our birth. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, says, Nobody can come to me if the Father who sent me will not draw him to me, and I shall raise him at the last day. And chapter 15 says, It's not you who chose me. I chose you, and you will bear fruits, and your fruits will remain. Whatever you ask the Father, he will give you. And I would usually emphasize this verse, whatever I ask, he will give me. It's It was more attractive for me than the verse, go and do what he has called me to do, because I need humility, I need obedience, I need to step over my pride, I need to reject things which look more important for me, for example, to get house, to get car, or build career. I can't serve you now, Lord, because now I'm busy. I bought my oxes, and you can miss out on the first part. And God becomes the second plan. We live in material world, and our world is very comfortable in general. Whatever situation we have, quarantine or whatever, but in this country we are blessed. We don't have this great need to call upon the Lord because we have a lot of things. We can reach a lot of things, create a lot of things. And when you have a lot of teachers around you who are saying, like coaching gurus, who say you can reach, get everything. And I was discussing it with my friend, how much of this teaching I bring to my prayer life, how much of the things I want to change by myself Uh, my anger, my impulses, my unforgiveness. And 
what we are doing by our own efforts we try to teach us ourselves and it is fruitful to the limit you can inspire yourself to certain limits that you can control your body but you approach it from the wrong side and you do it because you are proud because you feel you can you can change yourself you can change your wife you can change your children you may have this mindset that you learned to be flexible to adjust yourself to certain people you learned to be an exemplary christian at least on sundays and what i'm talking to you i talk to myself because i am like that i learned to adjust myself to different things and it looks like i do not need god and even my prayer in the closet became like religious routine which following i felt better oh and we have to be very open hearted in front of god and before ourselves where is my heart who is my master whom i am serving and every day ask yourself this question what do you desire the most today and if you don't get what you desire what next why do we come to church mantas brother mantas why are you coming to church can you help me tell me why are you coming anybody why are you coming to the church well people are answering to praise him to serve to meet other people um there are a lot of reasons i was not looking for the right answer but very often the church becomes as a club to which we are coming and these things are not bad to meet sisters to serve somebody comes looking for a job somebody wants to meet his old friend or people come just because people are smiling here someone comes for experience for good feelings but i believe the church as one sister said this is the place where you have to give away what you have gotten from the lord when he serves to you you have to give away to somebody else it's wrong thing to stay as you are in the church when i'm thinking why people um go away from the church it's the wrong gospel we are proclaiming when we are telling them come to the church and you will get this and that everything will change and when person comes to the church not seeking jesus but he is looking his needs to be answered not in christ but in the church these people can't withstand and they fall loudly some people so we have to look at what we are talking to other people to our colleagues to our friends what gospel do we bring to people because a person will uh, disappoint you they will forget they will not give you a call they will not stand with you and if you have your hopes put into a man your hopes will perish and you know very often the fall happens because a man is not prepared to leave things which are destroying him and figuratively speaking 
if we, when we know they are problems, we try to heal them. Sometimes people even don't ask for this, and then we get surprised why certain things happen. But did we ask a person, "Are you ready?" There was uh, a person, Hippocrates, who said um, something like this: "Before you." come to heal somebody, ask if he's ready to reject those things which made him sick. So if you live in unforgiveness, if you live in desire of vengeance, you can't, you are not able to move forward while you are not healed. And when people take certain places, they should uh, first go to the feet of God repent and only then move forward. Our ego, I think, this is one of the best tools which makes us come closer to God, actually. I think we know ourselves better than we talk about it. We learned to live adjusting ourselves. I don't know how to express myself. But we have to get back to the basics, to the feet of Jesus, moving away all our personal needs, our pains, and call upon Him as we were calling Him the first day when we said, I can't live like that. I don't want to live that glad. Christ, come. Because if you don't come, I'm finished. And this call has to be the same desire every day. We have to experience this first love. Do not become wise in your own eyes or eyes of the others, but be a broken vessel which he fills in, which he glues again together and restores. In our rehabilitation center, which I'm managing, I can see how people learn uh, to adjust themselves, to make, uh, to take certain routine, because we are sharing wrong gospel. Very often we want to show up ourselves better than we are, and we teach others to put those masks on, and we create fake church, fake Christ, fake Christianity, fake service. Matthew 6 says, where is your treasure, your heart will be there. And while your main treasure is not in Christ and life eternal is not your main treasure, you will move along the same direction as you're doing now. Matthew 7.21 says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only him who performs the will of my Father who is in heaven. And you have heard a lot of times this message. I, I make my supplication, please turn off your social media for one week. Take this fast. Don't take phone with you in your prayer room. If you want to get the answer, take a book. Take a book. Maybe you will like it. I have this urge from God to 
prepare a sermon about social media networks and I understand that these things become so important for us. Ask yourself personally, are you following how many people gave likes, who commented? If you woke up in the morning, the first thing you have done, what is it? Don't tell it aloud, but ask this question for yourself. How much do you want to be wise in your own eyes? How much do you want to be safe when you hide yourself behind this mask of social media? Because you need to come and humble yourself in front of God. I wanted to show you the video which most of you, I think you could see it. It's a very short video which shows our attempts to help people who do not want our help, who are not able to accept this help. And it's like a little comedy video which describes our desire to change others and circumstances which follow these efforts. So please, look, this is the video about the sheep which fell into the pit and the pastor took it out, but the sheep, instead of running straight, it jumps again into another pit. As you can see now, a pastor just helped and drew it out, but the ship jumped again to the pit. When I feel those feelings um, in social media, I want to be safe there. I go to those pits where I feel, figuratively speaking, safe. If I don't reject my role of being a victim, God will not be able to heal me. Sometimes people go to some courses of psychology when they go maybe the seventh time to different course, everything is forgiven, but you don't let it go. You want to cover yourself under the blanket because you feel safe there. Christ gave power for you to stand against the lie in which you live. Don't let yourself be deceived. Let us bring all our wounds to his feet. He takes them, heals, and let us leave it by his feet. We were died, we died for our old nature. Don't live in your past. Don't let the past come and attack you. You are the new creature in Jesus Christ. You were bored by the blood of Jesus and don't let the lie be a guide in your life. Lord, I thank you for who you are, for who we are in you, for those victories which you won for us, and we only have to accept those victories. I pray your wisdom to come into our choices. I ask for your guidance. How can we serve to people who live in darkness and they cover themselves with the blanket of a victim. Be our guiding star towards those people. Be strict when we have to be strict to close the door which we need to close in order to help those people to come back to you. 
and let us not help, uh, let us not do anything from our own understanding. Let everything be your guidance when we want to minister to other people. And I pray that you would give us power to stand against our ego, which does not want us to be humble in front of you, in front of a person, and which does not allow to bow our stubborn neck in front of you, obey and bring fruit to you, which you called us to bring, and you are ready to give freedom, which we desire. Thank you, Christ. You are wonderful King. We bow in front of you and we give our praise. Amen.